hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. This has nearly turned us into retirement millionaires. What is it? Listen up, because they're fun, weird, easy, and even a little sexy. You're listening to Queer Money episode 232. This week, we wanted to share with you some of the crazy, simple, and fun things we've done to help us try to always spend less money than we make so that we can turn around and use the difference to invest, create our business, and give back to the LGBT community. It's all about living fabulously, not fabulously broke. We make the Queer Money Podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer it in an upcoming episode. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Find out why the debt lasso method is a better way than the snowball or avalanche method for paying off your credit card debt by getting your free debt lasso calculator at debtlasso.com. Now, on with the show. Hey there, and welcome back. We love having you as listeners to the Queer Money Podcast. This week, we're having a little bit of fun. We're getting a little bit weird, a little bit of sexy, throwing it all together and showing you how we have saved money over our 15 years or so of trying to get out of debt and become financially independent. And the reason we wanted to do this was to give you some ideas that maybe will spur some ideas for you. We know Fun that creative all, ideas, right? Uh, we know that not all of these will work for every single one of you, but we want them to be kind of the impetus for you to be thinking about: Are there fun and interesting ways that I can live fabulously, not fabulously broke, so that I can save more money for my emergency savings, for paying off my debt, for getting rid of my student loans, saving for a home, or having children? Whatever your financial goals are these can help you or maybe let's spur some ideas to help you. And we're starting off with a doozy. Yeah. So the first one <laughs> we decided, decided to start off with getting a little sexy. So one of the first ways that we um, try to save a little bit, bit of money is uh, by giving ourselves a reason to stay home. <laughs> and that is by doing Naked Sundays. <laughs> so Naked Sundays are, are, are kind of a fun and interesting thing. What it's basically done for us is it gives us the reason to stay home instead of going out because we know that when we go out, especially on Sundays, it's easy to spend a lot of money on expensive brunches, on day drinking, on entertainment, all of that. And so one of the easiest ways for us to rein some of that in is to have that reason to stay home. Um, we would do this by stocking up on snacks, drinks, and entertainment, getting ourselves ready, knowing what we were going to do. You know, a lot of this actually occurred when we were living in Denver in our condo, which faced west. In the summer times especially, it would get really hot in our condo. And we thought, well, instead of turning on the AC, let's take some clothes off. <laughs> and we did. And it's it gave, hot in here. Right? <laughs> it gave us another reason to stay home. We had a lot of fun. It wasn't necessarily all about the sex. It was was just about being together and having fun together. 
And it wasn't just sitting on the couch, although we did spend a lot of lazy days sitting on the couch. We did things like adult coloring books, board games, just really enjoying each other's company. And all of this helped us save, in many cases, hundreds of dollars on things that we normally would be spending on, like I said, brunches, drinks, entertainment, that kind of stuff. Instead, we were able to put that money towards our debt, towards our retirement, and to give back to the community. And to be clear, those adult coloring books were G-rated adult coloring <laughs> right, books. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think to be fair... Coloring we, books for adults. I think that's the way we need to start saying that is coloring books for adults. <laughs> I mean, they do have the adult coloring books, but not what we're advocating here necessarily. Yeah. Um, and I think to be fair, we need to share... With our inspiration actually for Naked Sundays came from Christina Aguilera interview we saw way back in the day. You don't remember this, do you? It was, uh, we were living in the basement at the time and um, she was being interviewed and at the time she was, I don't know if she was married or not, but she made the comment that her boyfriend or her husband at the time, um, I think they were married, um, they used to have naked Sundays and that's how they kept things a little bit spicy. So tip number two, dry January, dry July, sober October. It sounds ominous and almost unfun. We do a dry month. And I'll be honest with you, it's actually not that unfun. It's actually quite enjoyable. We get a ton of clarity. It helps us lose a little bit of weight. And it helps us save a ton of money. We've cut as much as $400 out of our spending in any given month by going dry for an entire month. And you know, the days range from if you want to, be a, if you want to start off slow, start off easy, Pick February. (laughs) But between the clarity and the loss of weight and the money that we save, um, we actually are big advocates of of going dry for a month. It's a a wonderful thing to do. And we've also noticed that if if we made the commitment to not drink in a given month, we're also less likely to feel like we want to go out uh, we want to dine out um, because typically for us, dining out is an experience and it comes with all sorts of stuff, including appetizers, the meal and the drinks. Well, if we're not inclined to, to have any, whether it's a cocktail or wine, kind of missing half the experience anyway. So we're less likely to go out and we're more inclined to say cook at home. And that's then kind of has a compound effect and we save even more money by not dining out. Yeah. You know, it's also a great opportunity to connect with some of your sober friends, right? So a lot of times you want to do things with your friends, but sometimes you feel a little uncomfortable inviting some of your sober friends along for that entertainment because maybe your entertainment is centered around eating and drinking. So it gives you an opportunity to connect with them. Those individuals may be able to give you some advice on how to to make it last a whole month, (laughs) right? All right. Number three, we keep our phones for anywhere from four to five years. <gasps> yeah. Offensive. Shame on you, right? When you're renting a phone, and that's what I like to say, is you're renting a phone, because you're never really buying the phone when you're on those purchase plans, because most of them are encouraging you to just turn around and get a new phone every year. When you're spending anywhere from 25 to $35 a month per phone, for us, that would mean that we're spending anywhere between $1,500 to $2,100 during that time period of four to five years. Now, the great thing about this is we have turned keeping our phones into a way for us to get free travel. You see, what we've done is we've saved up that money, we've planned ahead while we have our phones, and we use that $1,500 to $2,000 when we actually go out and buy phones 
we use that paired up with a new rewards credit card that has given us single round trip tickets to places like Europe, South America, Asia, and Australia. I mean, we have done some of our traveling, a lot of our traveling actually we've done because we've made wise financial decisions to save up for something, make the purchase on that reward card, get that big bonus. And then we have not only the, the purchase reward, but we also have the credit card reward. So our purchases actually give us even more of an excitement and enjoyment. But it's that's all because we decided that we didn't need to have the latest phone every single year. And you know what, what's really interesting, especially over the last couple of years, you really have kind of seen this slow down in the new interesting must-haves when it comes to phones changing, right? A lot of it seems to be now focused on either speed, processing speed, or new cameras, or sizes, or colors. Those are all things that don't necessarily add real value to what you have in a new phone. So think about keeping your phone a little bit longer. It'll save you some money, and it could potentially give you a free round-trip ticket to somewhere you've never been. Yeah, I think phone companies got us sort of addicted to buying new phones when, uh, well, first they, they came out and then two, they became flip phones. And then three was when first they added, Apple turned the um, the iPod into an iPhone. So you, you could have your phone as well as your music on it. And then it was an iteration or two after that, that they had the camera on it. And so those were like profound features that were new that you didn't have before. And they were exciting to get new phones. But now it's just kind of, kind of mundane updates from year to year. And so there's not really that much of an incentive from year to year to buy a new phone. So since we're on the phone theme, tip number four here is to choose a limited data plan. Now, for the longest time, we had unlimited data plans and uh, we were spending a ton of money to have those. And we rarely, maybe when we first got the unlimited data plans, did we use a ton of data? But with the ubiquitousness of Wi-Fi everywhere, Wi-Fi is like in every restaurant, coffee shop, hotel, anywhere you go. And we experience this both nationally here in the US as well as when we've traveled uh, abroad in Spain and Paris and whatnot. There's just, there's just Wi-Fi everywhere. So with Wi-Fi being everywhere, there's really no need for you to have your own unlimited data plan that connects to 4G or 5G. It's very expensive. And so cutting down to a limited data plan, we're now saving ourselves $80 a month relative to what we were paying before. So there's a considerable savings there compounded on the fact that we're not buying a phone every single year. Yeah, that's $80 a month is almost $1,000 a year. What would you do with an extra $1,000 a year? Yeah. And you know, one of the things we found, we, we actually did the analysis. We were using less than two gigs a month each when it came to our browsing data or our phone data, partly because we were at home a lot, using our phones at home, why spend money on a data plan when you already have Wi-Fi at home? You're just basically giving these companies more money than they need to, they need, let's just put it that way, more money than they need from you. So, all right, we're going to move away from phones now and kind of get into food and shopping. So our fifth point here is that we stick to a simple menu and grocery list. Uh, You know, when we stick to kind of the simple regular things, it does a lot of things for ourselves and for our budget. Grant you this, we do splurge from time to time. Every once in a while, we will make a trip to Whole Paycheck to get a nicer cut of meat or some particular spice or something like that we don't typically find. But we're not doing that 
regularly. You know, and the part of the reason why we don't do it regularly is because back in the day when we were living unconsciously, one of the things that we found is that we were going to the grocery store on a almost daily basis. And that's part of the reason why our grocery budget was so incredibly high. And uh, what this has done for us is it turned from the mundane of having nice food every single day or all the time to having it every once in a while, which actually makes it a little bit more enjoyable when we spend the time to actually make a really nice dish for herself. And the other thing is it makes it so much easier for us to plan and know what we're shopping for. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. Hi, this is Manny Cosme with the Equality Chamber of Commerce, DC metro area. If you're a small business or nonprofit, check out our monthly networking event and of course our annual mega networking event to grow your business. Check us out at www.eccdc.biz. See you soon. Tip number six here is to, sticking with the food theme, is we only go grocery shopping and every seven to sometimes 10 days. Uh, we're very often buying in bulk. We buy a lot of non-perishable items and then we cook once and we eat many. So we're actually refrigerating or freezing a lot of our food. So we don't have to, we don't feel like we're cooking all the time, but we've always got food in the house and we can easily have access to it if we need to. And this not only saves us money, but it saves us a ton of time. So the less time we found that we're at the store, the less likely we are to spend more money than we want to spend, and especially less likely to spend money that we don't have to spend. And one of our tricks is that we build our weekly menu or every 10-day menu based on the foods that we already have in our refrigerator and our pantry, as well as the items that are on sale at the grocery store that week. And uh, so that's like another way that we kind of sort of compound our savings by um, not going to the grocery store as frequently and that we make sure we're taking advantage of the sales that we have available to us when we do go and we don't waste the food that we already have. Right. You know, and if you're single, a lot of people who are single individuals, they say that meal prepping is, is difficult for them, cooking large amounts. Actually, there are a number of foods out there that will last you well in they they do great in the freezer or in the fridge you know they, because if you cook a large amount you feel like you're compelled to have to eat that same thing all throughout the week you don't have to do that i cook soup on a regular basis and we throw that in the freezer and we only have it two or three times a week whether it's lunch or dinner if there are so many different kinds of meals that you can make that you can freeze or keep in the fridge for extended periods of time so look for those kinds of recipes all right, we're going to hop out of the food and drink theme here and jump over to one of the more money themes here. We do a semi-annual spending analysis. Every six months, we look at our spending. And the primary reason we do this, and I know, I know some folks think that this is a really big difficult task, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, banks have made it so easy for you to download all of your transactions and to itemize or, or to organize them pretty easily these days. But doing this spending analysis every six months has really opened our eyes to how we may be drifting towards unconscious spending, allowing our budget to creep. 
And the great thing about it is it reminds us of our goals and it helps us keep on track. When we see ourselves drifting in a certain category or starting to spend more money than we should in general, it reminds us that we have other bigger goals that we really want to achieve. And the cool thing is, is that we have seen this not just for us, but folks who are a part of our credit card payoff plan or a budget buster bundle, this is one of the things that they do at the beginning of those courses. And it is amazing what so many of them have said how just doing this spending analysis has opened their eyes up to how unconscious they were spending and how it got them into debt or prevented them from being able to achieve their financial goals. Yeah, it's actually the spending analysis is so popular that many of the folks in our uh, credit card payoff course do it a couple of times a year as well. In fact, um, Jeanette, who was on our podcast a couple of years ago to talk about her experience of the course and how much debt she's paid off, just told me the other day that she's doing another spending analysis for this year. So she's consistently doing it and she's seeing consistent benefit from doing that as well as as, as we are. So we're not entirely off the drinking theme, no, that's right. but Oops. we've migrated to <laughs> morning drinking instead of evening drinking. Number eight here is to make our own coffee, iced or otherwise. We are currently living in Las Vegas and we found out the hard way that getting a 12 ounce iced coffee here, you can't get one for cheaper than $7. So you know, whenever we go, there's at two of us. So we're spending at least $14, not including the tip. If we did that three to four times a week, we're spending about two to $3,000 a year just on coffee. Now, you know, we understand the latte factor and we agree with the latte factor in theory, but we're not hard and fast to that rule. We're not telling people if, if coffee is your thing, you can't go out and have coffee. You can definitely have the things that you want, but as our friend says frequently, you can't afford everything. So you have to pick and choose what it is that you, that you want to spend your money on. Well, we've decided that we don't want to spend $14 to, I guess, what after tip, that would be what, 16 $18 every time we go to have coffee. So we'll just make that coffee at home. So we get whole beans, we grind them up ourselves here. That helps them stay fresher and we can get the best quality beans that we can find. When we uh, make our iced coffee, uh, we reuse spaghetti sauce jars and we put in three or four heaping spoonfuls of ground coffee beans in there, put some fresh water in there, let's uh, sit for anywhere from 24 to 48 hours. And then it's perfect for adding a little bit of water to, and you've got a whole day's worth of coffee there. Yeah. We also love our French presses. This is a, you know, a lot of people talk about how do I do this kind of coffee at home? We love our French presses. Uh, we'll link up to the ones that we have in the show notes here, but we use these things every single day. They have traveled the world with us. We love making our own coffee, partly because we get a little particular on the taste. I also am a non-caffeine person, so I have to do decaf coffee, which not all is not always easily available at coffee shops. I found it's odd, especially traveling internationally. We have found that not all coffee shops have decaf coffee, so they don't even like people who drink, drink decaf <laughs> <Right>. coffee. <laughs> well, I would drink regular coffee, but I have uh, an allergy to caffeine. So, all right. So, point number nine. One of the biggest expenses that you will have in your life is your housing, whether that's buying a home or renting an apartment. And our what we found is that if we really wanted to make financial progress, we had to figure out how to reduce that biggest cost. And so what we did is we bought a home when we bought our home or we have rented apartments where we could cover 
the cost of our mortgage or rent with just one of our salaries. A lot of times you go to talk to a real estate agent or a mortgage broker and they're going to try to encourage you to buy the most you can afford, right? And same thing, when you go to look for apartments, they're going to ask you how much money, can, what can you afford? Well, if you say that you can afford a larger amount, they're going to sell you that larger amount. And no offense here, that's what their job is, right? We all want to make as much money as we possibly can, but they don't know what your financial picture is. So keep your housing costs as low as you can. Now, housing typically is, like I said, that number one thing. And many of us feel like we have to have like the nicest home and we want to have the great appearance or the appearance of living well, right? Well, just because you buy a cheaper home or live in a cheaper apartment doesn't mean that the inside of your place needs to look or feel cheap. Outside for that matter, it doesn't need to look or feel cheap. You can still have a beautiful home and try to keep the cost low. You know, really this one thing is what allowed us to put away hundreds of thousands of dollars into our 401ks, partly because we weren't house poor. House poor is basically somebody who's spending more than 30% of their take-home pay on their housing. And a lot of people do this not because they have to, but they do it by choice. So don't choose to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then tip number 10, somewhat in line with uh, one of your biggest expenses in life is your car. Um, Americans spend a lot of money on their car and it might be right up there with the top two or three expenses that most people have in their life. So for us, we drive a 2006 car, which saves us uh, on car payments, tags, license, and insurance. It's a beautiful, cute little mi Mini Cooper. Mini Cooper. <laughs> a little red <laughs> Mini Cooper. And it's funny because it is 14 years old and we still get compliments on that car. Yeah, we do. People, <laughs> just, even just yesterday when I was at Albertson, somebody asked about it. And so the comparison is, would you rather spend $500 a month on a car payment or spend $100 a month on car maintenance? Well, we chose the latter. Now, David loves cars and he would love to have a, a fancy Audi and have it all souped up. Uh, but we also don't want all of the other weight that comes with it, such as the expense and the, 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 la the expense of the labor if work needs to be done in the car. So it can get really expensive. And so for us, we've loved not having a car payment since 2012. We haven't made a car payment since 2012. It is, we're heading into 2021 here. So that's essentially saving us, uh, I think we were paying, what, 606 a month is what we were paying on our car payment at one right. point. So we've saved over $50,000, um, including factoring in the five to $8,000 we spent over the last several years uh, on car maintenance. Um, so uh, consider that when you're, when you're, consider the true cost of having uh, a new car every couple of years or having the nicest car in your neighborhood. Um, that might be the one thing that you want in your life and that's fantastic. Go with it. Um, but if it's not necessarily what's inspiring you or, 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 or fueling your soul, don't get sucked into having these expensive cars year after year because that's what society tells you to have or that's what your neighbors are doing. Be your own person. Yeah, I would love to have that $50,000 Audi, but especially when I was working, I always remembered that 95% of the time that car is sitting in a parking lot or in a garage and I'm not actually in it. So why spend $700, $800 a month, because that's what my car payments would be, to have a car that's just sitting there and not being used, right? Yeah. 
So those are our 10 crazy ways that we've cut our spending so that we can save and invest. Remember, our whole goal of cutting is so that we can save, originally was paying off our debt, but our goal was to save money and to invest. No wonder we have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars in our retirement accounts and are on track to have multiple millions of dollars when we retire. Now, I, I want to stop there for a second. There is nothing wrong with having that kind of money. It will set you up for financial security and will set you up to help and support other people in the LGBT community. You want to be the one that can help others rather than the one always relying on someone else. Our income had a smaller impact on our ability to save and invest. It was our lifestyle that has been the bigger impact. And we have never felt like our lives weren't to some degree fabulous. We did all of this knowing that we were growing our nest egg. Our lifestyle is contributing, not withdrawing from our financial future. How about you? Is your lifestyle contributing or withdrawing from your financial future? Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. Here's your Queer Money takeaway for this episode. Find five to 10 fun, unique, crazy, and even if you have to steal from some of ours, ways to save money so that you can start to invest. As Ben Franklin said, a penny saved is a penny earned, especially when you're able to turn around and save those tens, that hundreds, thousands of pennies into an investment that will compound. We make the Queer Money Podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer it in an upcoming episode. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere, so banking fits into your life, not the other way around. Commit, trim, lasso, automate, monitor. That's the debt lasso method, and it's helped pay off over $250,000 in credit card debt in less than two years so far. See what it'll do for you by getting your free debt lasso calculator at debtlasso.com. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.